Hi, this is Pastor Bob Yandian. This is number three in my series on miracles in Matthew. And today we're going to talk about Jesus Christ can even do what men consider to be impossible, the healing of the leper. Men couldn't heal leprosy, but Jesus took it as the very first one in Matthew. Speaking of an individual being healed, Jesus healed this man of leprosy. Let's go to the Word of God and find out what may be impossible for you is always possible with God. For more than 40 years, Bob Yandian has been an expositor of the Bible making seemingly complicated doctrine easy to understand. Grab your Bible and something to take notes with and study the Word of God with Pastor Bob Yandian. Hello, this is Pastor Bob Yandian again. Welcome back to Student of the Word. We began a couple of days ago with a 10-part series on miracles in Matthew, and we're taking up chapters uh, 8 and 9 in the book of Matthew, and this is the two chapters dedicated to amplifying what's happened before this. Let me just give you a preview of this, Matthew chapter 4, and then I'll give you Matthew chapter 9. In Matthew chapter 4, we have the opening of a parenthesis, and this opening of the parenthesis goes all the way till chapter 9, verse 35, and in between these two verses of Scripture, we have all types of healings that Jesus did among the multitudes. Then in the midst of it, in chapters 8 and chapter 9, we switch over and talk about individuals. And the individuals are amplifying the fact that Jesus healed these multitudes. And every time the multitude was mentioned, it says that he healed every body of everything. Give me, again, Matthew chapter 4, verse 23 and 24. Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease among the people. Every sickness and every disease called all kinds in my translation. It says, then his fame went throughout all Syria. They brought to him all sick people who were afflicted with various diseases and torments, those who were demon-possessed, epileptics, paralytics, and he healed them, them who them all. And his fame went throughout all Syria, and they brought to him all sick people who were afflicted with various diseases and torments, and those who were demon-possessed, epileptics, paralytics, and he healed them all. Here we have it again, stated in verse 24, basically the same thing as the verse before it, is that he healed every body of everything. That's the opening of this uh, time period. The parenthesis opens. Let's go to the closing of the parenthesis in chapter 9 and verse 35. Here it says, then Jesus went throughout all the cities and villages, same things, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, healing every disease, every sickness among the people. And when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion for them because they were weary and scattered and having no shepherd. What Jesus did here was he healed every sickness, every disease, and the end result was, was thousands received him as Lord and Savior out of the multitudes. But the last thing he sees is, is what he's concerned about is they don't have a good church to go to. He sees them as sheep having no shepherd. Before this time again, when he saw them, they were having great needs. He met all these needs and now looks at the next thing they need. Of course, this will be the introduction to the book of Acts because in the book of Acts, we have 3,000 devout Jews out of every nation under heaven that received Jesus. The next chapter, we have the man healed at the gate beautiful, and all of a sudden, miracles, signs, wonders, but they have a church to come to. And this is the two parts of the Great Commission. The two parts of the Great Commission is going to all the world and preach the gospel, lay hands on the sick, cast out devils. And the second part is make disciples out of all nations. This is the role of the local church. So again, we are to not only make converts out of people, we are to cause them to become disciples, followers and intricate followers of the Lord Jesus Christ and intricate followers of his word. 
So I'm teaching out of my series called Miracles in Matthew, and they're going to come on at halftime, tell you how you can have a copy of this for yourself. And what I highly recommend, stick these things in your car. These are CDs. Stick them in your car, listen to them while you're driving, and just be blessed by it. Every once in a while, you have to stop it, think for just a moment, shout and rejoice, wait for the next corner to come to so you can stop and really meditate on it, or pull the car off to the side of the road and think about it, because that's what teaching does. It's so much better than just listening to the radio, rock and country, and, and you know, news and things like that, this again becomes eternal. And the revelations you receive will last forever and forever. Also, you'll find this in my book called The Grace of Healing. And in the book, The Grace of Healing, I teach healing from the grace of God, not just from the faith of man. Most books written on healing have to deal with your faith and it's necessary. But before your faith is necessary, it was important for God to hand you everything that you need for life and godliness. And of course, on the front of it, I have a hand that's laid out there and the hand of grace is full and the hand of faith is empty. God provides everything. We just reach out and take it right out of his hand. And so he's the one who starts it. And healing began with God. I've been taking up, in fact, the last broadcast I took up, we took the man that was healed of leprosy. And that's the first miracle Jesus did. We'll take a look at it here. Just turn to Matthew chapter eight. We'll relook at it here. But in this particular thing, what God began with and with the, with the uh, healing of the multitudes, what happened in chapter eight and chapter nine is we suddenly shift from the multitudes to individual people. And when the, again, when the multitudes are mentioned, he healed everybody of everything. Well, that's okay when you see that, but the first thought you thought, is, yeah, but what about me? What about me is chapter eight and chapter nine. He did individuals. And the first individual he healed was a leper and a leprosy was incurable. He took the very first case and the very first case was the most impossible of all of them. I mean, we have others in there that were blind. We have others in there that had diseases and things like that, close to death. But this man's disease literally ostracized him from society. And he had not had fellowship with society for some time. And for him to break through and come to Jesus and, and ask him to be healed of leprosy, I'm sure the crowd must have backed off from him when they saw him coming and thought, this man has guts to do this. Well, Jesus saw it not guts, but faith. But when, he, when this man came, his question was, I know you can make me clean, but will you make me clean? I have seen what's happened with the multitudes. I've heard about all these healings. I know you can do it, but am I something where you can't do it to me? And Jesus proved right there, he's not only able to heal all diseases, he's willing to heal any disease because there was not one person that came to him out of those crowds that Jesus did not heal. And yet even after that, some of them did not believe in him. It just said some of them believed in him or many of them believed in him. But of course, we now have it to where he's going to individuals. And what we're going to find out is these individuals represent everybody healed of everything. And the first one, again, he came to was a man with leprosy or literally the man came to him. Matthew 8 verses 1 through 3. When he had come down from the mountain, great multitudes followed him. And behold, a leper came and worshiped him saying, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. I know you can, but will you? That's the question asked today. I'm not sure God's willing to heal me. Oh, he's willing, all right. The very first one mentioned as an individual healing asked the same question. I believe that God not only showed this man's impossible case with man, man could not heal leprosy. But the next thing was he answered the question that so many Christians have today. I don't know if God's willing to heal me. So again, Lord, if you're willing, you can make me clean. I don't know if you will, but I know you can. Then Jesus put out his hand and touched him saying, I am willing, be cleansed. 
Immediately his leprosy was cleansed and Jesus said to him, see that you tell no one, but go your way, show yourself to the priest and offer the gift that Moses commanded as a testimony to them. This was a passage of scripture Jesus was talking about in Leviticus chapter 14. And here we have that if a leper is healed, this is how it is handled. And so the only disease in the word of God, which was not examined by a doctor, but a priest was leprosy. I want you to understand this again. It's the only disease in the word of God that when it was healed, it was not examined by a doctor. There were physicians back there, but again, it was, it was seen by a priest. Leprosy begins as a disease of the blood. It begins small and unnoticed and then begins to manifest itself in the body. You are actually a leper before you know you are a leper. The leprosy is known whenever it appears on the outside, but it's been inside of you all the time. And I pointed out yesterday, yesterday I just took kind of a, a, you know, an outline of this. Today we're going to go a little bit deeper into what leprosy stands for. But leprosy was inside and then manifests itself on the outside. It's a type of sin. It's not only the type of the actions of sin, that's the, the things that appeared on the skin. It's inside already. You don't know that you're a leper until it begins to manifest itself. But again, leprosy does not appear on the inside because it's on the outside. It appears on the outside because it's already on the inside. In other words, what this is teaching is if leprosy is a type of sin, you are a sinner and then you sin. You don't, you don't become a sinner because you sin. You sin because you're already a sinner and you were born a sinner. You inherited leprosy when you were born into this earth. And God not only cleanses you on the outside from all acts of sins you've committed, he literally changes you on the inside and gives you a brand new nature. And this is what happened to this man with leprosy. Not only was the leprosy healed on the outside, it was healed from the very inward part of him. And this is why they had to go be examined, but they were examined by a priest and not a doctor. I'm sure somewhere in there, because the first examination was by the priest and then he was examined again and set outside of a tent. I think this is interesting. They put him inside the city. If he was found clean, they had to go outside the camp because this man, if he was cleansed, and uh, did not have leprosy uh, anymore, then they had to send somebody in and call for, he'd yell out and yell out and somebody on the outside, maybe a guard on the gate or something, would run in and say, there's a man out there saying he's been healed of leprosy. Well, the one that went out to greet him and meet him was a priest, not a doctor. And the priest would examine him and look at every part of him and then pronounce him clean. He was pronounced clean outside the camp and then brought into the camp. And once he was brought into the camp, they set up a tent for him and then he sat outside the tent for seven days while he was out there uh, sitting outside the tent. The reason why he sat outside the tent and could not go into the tent was everybody had a chance to come by and look at him too. And I'm sure they had his shirt off. They might've had his pants off. You know, he might've had something just covering him, but people could look and see this man does not have leprosy. There's no signs of it on the outside. The priests has examined him. So the people, even after those seven days could say, this man is totally clean. And then he went through a second walk and a second cleansing and a second sacrifice. And after that, he was brought back in completely into the camp. Well, again, leprosy is painless and it comes without warning. Leprosy is first of all inherited by birth. Just as you are when you come into this earth, leprosy being a type of sin, you are born a sinner. The sin nature comes through natural birth as part of your inward being. Second of all, leprosy is uh, the second type uh, thing that happens with it. It's communicable. 
it, and it, it exposes itself on the outside. And sin's actions come through the temptations which we face each day and we're exposed to in the world. So it's already inside, sin is already inside. I don't become a sinner because I sin, I sin because I'm already a sinner. So when the temptations face me out there each day and that temptation is there, what's on the inside of me begins to react. And I find myself, if I'm not careful, even as a Christian, I find myself tempted toward that thing because even though I don't have inside of me sin, I've been redeemed from that, I still have the nature of the flesh. And so I can see those things and be tempted, but I have power over them through the Holy Spirit and by the power of the word. The leper had to be quarantined, set aside from all the rest of the camp, and sinners are said to be outside the camp, not in the camp. The camp is the church, believers in Jesus Christ, the body of Christ. In eternity, the sinner will be eternally separated from the camp of the righteous, which are in heaven, and they will be in the lake of fire forever and forever. We'll discuss more of this when we come back. We're gonna find out now how you can have a copy of these things, and don't just treat it as just, oh, it's just another offer. No, this will completely change you. This has such a tremendous application to divine healing and the walk of divine healing and the course of God that you walk in health from that point on. These are brought out and especially in the book. So I'll be back right after the break. Miracles in Matthew is a systematic studying of the healing miracles of Jesus, which are presented to us in the book of Matthew. This series emphasizes the fact that Jesus healed believer and unbeliever, Jew and Gentile, male and female, old and young, rich and poor. He made no distinctions. Healing was and is for all. The sermon titles in this 10-message set are Jesus Healing Ministry, Jesus First Healing, The God of the Impossible, Healing of the Centurion Servant, Peter's Mother-in-Law, Think on these things. After the healing, you are forgiven. The healing of the two women and avoiding unbelief. To order Miracles in Matthew, visit our website at bobyendian.com. How much faith do I need to be healed? In The Grace of Healing, Bob Yandian answers this question and reveals the missing ingredient to the healing you've been praying for, grace. Throughout church history, the doctrines of grace and faith have been taken to separate extremes as they relate to healing. The result is that many believers struggle to receive healing from God. Those on the side of grace deny the need for faith, believing that God only heals a select few. For those who only see a need for faith, the pursuit of healing becomes a legalistic struggle to change God's mind. Pastor Bob takes a different approach. With practical biblical teaching, that balances both elements of grace and faith. You'll find the healing you've been waiting for when you find the missing ingredient of grace. To order The Grace of Healing, visit bobyandian.com. Bob Yandian Ministries is training up a new generation in the Word of God. Because of your generosity and faithfulness, this teaching ministry is able to change countless lives. You will never know until you get to heaven how many people received Jesus, were filled with the Holy Spirit, healed, or found God's will for their life through your support and prayers. If you would like to become a partner with Bob Yandian, visit our website at bobyandian.com and click on Partnership. 
Leprosy is two types of death. It's a living death. While you're alive, it's on the inside of you, eating you out a little at a time, headed you toward physical death. But it causes both. It causes the living death while you're alive and then the physical death when you come to the end and you're no longer able to handle it. While you're alive, leprosy causes death to slowly take over your body. And then the final sign of death that is close and about to come is impaired vision, finally blindness, and then physical death. The God of this world has blinded the minds of them, lest the light of the glorious gospel should come in. In other words, what good would it be for to simply heal the outside of you, but that death is on the inside. God not only forgives the things you have done, but he actually cleanses you from who you are. Who you are causes you to do what you do, and God hits it at the very source. And so spiritual a death is removed and spiritual life is given to you. And then the power to walk free from sin is given to you. And then if you do sin as a Christian, he has 1 John 1, 9. 1 John 1, 9 was not given to sinners. It was given only to believers because only a priest can use 1 John 1, 9 and go to your heavenly priest, the Lord Jesus Christ, the priest above all priests. And so the final sign of death again is that this final blindness and death comes on you, but Jesus Christ could heal and Jesus did in that day. And so uh, the God of this world is blind to the minds of them and God comes in and again gives you eternal life and the power to walk free from sin in this life. The final thing is also the skin begins to fall off because of the disease. So sin not only affects the heart, it also corrupts the body. Oh, what a, what a tremendous type of sin that we have here in leprosy. Leprosy had no regard for race no regard for sex or social status. And the two Old Testament examples of those who had been delivered and healed from this is Miriam, Moses' sister, found in Numbers chapter 12, verses 10 through 15, and then Naaman found in 2 Kings chapter 5. Now, the thing of it was, where the Bible commands that when this person is healed from leprosy, that they be examined by a priest, but neither one of these were. Miriam was the first uh, case recorded in the nation of Israel. Naaman, after that, was a Syrian, and he came to Elisha the prophet, and of course he was healed. But Miriam did not see a priest because the Lord himself encapsulated her. He's the one that put her in a tent by herself. And when she went in, she had leprosy. When she came out, she had no leprosy at all. And she was healed of that, but it was while she was in quarantine that God did this for her, but she never went and saw a priest. She just stood there in front of the people after it was over and God had healed her. Naaman the leper, of course, did not have to go and be seen by a priest because he was not a Jew. He was a Gentile. And being a leper and, and God healed him again, he came up the seventh time out of the Jordan River, baptized under, went under seven times, came up the seventh time and was totally cleansed. And we find him tremendously rejoicing and shouting and those types of things. Whether he gave his life to the Lord, we don't know, but probably he did because something that dramatic where it changed his entire life and gave him more time on this earth. And he was actually told about this from a little girl that worked in his house who had been taken captive in a battle. And this little Jewish girl, when she saw him, that he had leprosy, she said, if you were just back in Israel, there's a man named Elisha and he can heal you of that. That's what caused him to go. And sure enough, he came back totally cleansed totally healed of that. Leviticus chapter 14 describes what happens when a leper is healed. Let me just tell you, this chapter is dedicated to the cleansing of the leper. And here's what it says. In verses one through three, it tells us when a leper was healed, the priest had to go outside the camp to find him. He might be out there shouting and yelling, but finally the priest came out, examined him and then pronounced him healed. Jesus died outside the camp for those outside the camp. 
He went out to find us, to examine us, and pronounce us clean and whole when we accept him as Lord and Savior. So again, we have here the priest is a type of Jesus Christ going out there. And when the priest went out there, this man had already been cleansed. And when Jesus found us, we needed to be cleansed. He cleansed us. And then is the priest that pronounces us clean also. It's not stated. This is verses 1 through 3 of Leviticus 14. It's not stated in verse 3 how the leper was cleansed. This was never even brought out. It just said, if a leper is healed. So they, the only way it could be too, it had to be supernatural because there was no natural means for a leper to be healed. There was no known cure for leprosy as with Miriam and Naaman, only a miracle from God could heal the leper. So in verses four through seven, we are found here that the priest had to offer two birds and the priest provided the birds. Why? Because the leper couldn't even afford birds. I mean, these were the cheapest things. In fact, in Matthew, we're told how cheap that they, uh, they were because they were sparrows. When it says birds right here in this passage of scripture, Hebrew brings out, it was a sparrow, which was the cheapest thing you could offer to the Lord. And so, uh, and we're told there in Matthew that that uh, two uh, sparrows sold for a farthing, and a farthing is three-eighths of a cent. You could buy two sparrows for th- three-eighths of a penny. So the two birds, cedar wood was offered, scarlet, Hyssop was used in atonement for the cleansed leper. When the priest saw this, this is why he did. He brought the two birds for him because he couldn't even afford that. And he brought also scarlet, wood, hyssop, and all this for the atoning of the leper. Atonement is substitution. The bird that died is a type of Jesus, and the second bird is a type of us. And Jesus Christ shed his blood. The two birds were this. The first bird was killed and then the blood and the running water was poured onto the second bird and the second bird was cleansed and allowed to go free. So what it represents is the bird that was killed was Jesus and the one that was allowed to go free is us because whom the son has set free is free indeed. So what am I saying here? Jesus was seen as the cheapest of birds ever. He came down and identified with us. He went to the lowest of the low to identify with us and on the cross becoming our substitute. He was became sin on the cross for us. And the substitutes must be equal. That's why we have two birds and two sparrows. And again, the cheapest sacrifice that could possibly be offered in the Old Testament. In Matthew chapter eight, verses one through four, we have this. When Jesus touched the man, he was in essence sprinkling the man with blood. Atonement is seen as a means of healing, not only as a type of salvation. Understand this, Jesus' atonement on the cross conquered both who forgives all of your iniquities, who heals all of your diseases, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken Isaiah the prophet, Matthew 8, 17 and 16, and that says that Jesus healed, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet himself, took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. Notice this, our infirmities, our sicknesses, and sin was all placed on Jesus on the cross. All this is brought out in Isaiah chapter 53, and especially verse four deals with divine healing. That's the verse that was brought out in Matthew chapter eight, verse 16 and 17. Jesus is the bird that was slain, and the leper is the bird released representing us. Jesus touched this man, told him he was willing to heal him and commanded the leprosy to be gone. And sickness is tied to the atoning work of Jesus on the cross. Notice this, it had to be tied to the cross because we have a sacrifice offered for this man's healing. 
The cross which forgives sins also heals sickness and disease. Healing coming from the cross is as much God's will for everybody as, as being saved is God's will for everybody. I mean, there are a few people that believe that God, you know, chooses you for salvation or not, but they're in the minority. Most everybody says that is absolutely not true. Jesus is willing that no one should perish, but that all should come to repentance and whosoever will may come and we'll shout that from the housetops. But when it comes to healing, we say, well, we're not sure it's God's will to heal me. Same cross, same sacrifice, and same thing brought out in Matthew chapter four and chapter all the way to chapter nine, telling us he healed everybody of everything. And even with Christians, is there any sick among you? Not you have to pray for God's will to show you who can be healed. This is in, again, the New Testament church. And we have it there that if there's any sick among you, let them call for the elders of the church. And the prayer of faith will save the sick and the Lord will raise him up. This man was commanded to go to the priest first and obey the law of Leviticus, chapter 14 and verse 2. He was told to tell the priest to offer the gift, two birds, hyssop and scarlet, and the priest probably searched through the scriptures to even find Leviticus 14 and the commands for the cleansing of the leper. Why am I saying that? Because this healing became a sign to the religious leaders of Israel that divine forgiveness and healing had come to their house and Messiah had come. Why? Because only a miracle could heal leprosy. Again, in chapter 14 of Leviticus, it just says if he's healed. It didn't say how he was healed. And it had to be a miracle because it was an incurable disease. It proved Messiah had arrived. This leper probably told the priest to pull out the rolls of lepers and check for his name. Then he said, I'm healed of leprosy. And so now I need two birds. I, I understand what that passage says so we can offer them to the Lord. And the priest probably had to blow the dust off Leviticus 14, search for what to do because only two had ever been healed. And he knew that through the Bible, through the Old Testament, but they had never come come to a priest. Miriam didn't come to a priest. Naaman didn't come to a priest. They never saw one. Miriam was quarantined by the Lord, and next of all, she was seen healed. Naaman was a Syrian again, a Gentile, and not bound by the law. Never had the law of Leviticus ever been used, and the priest had to look it up to find out what to do. It comes back to this. You can't redeem yourself. You can't heal yourself any more than the leper could heal himself. I mean, we find ourselves with sickness and disease and we often take medicine for it. That just kind of helps our body balance itself out, but healing comes from God. Your body's designed to heal itself, but when it gets past the point of healing itself, it takes the act of God. And this man knew that and he came and he brought himself there and these priests had to take and look up Leviticus chapter 14 and probably had to go through and check it because it had never been used. What was this man doing? This man was proving to the priesthood of Israel Messiah had come. And yet probably these priests were the one out there yelling with the crowd, crucify him, crucify him, crucify him. And they actually saw a miracle in front of their eyes. It comes back to this. Even though a person can see a miracle, it doesn't guarantee they'll get salvation. The Holy Spirit can convict them through a miracle, a sign and a wonder and a healing. And yet they still have to choose for Jesus Christ themselves. And we find many that probably were in that crowd yelling, crucify him that had been healed by Jesus. And yet they were out there yelling with the crowd for him to be taken away and to be killed. Jesus Christ came and a lot of men rejected him. 
And then even of his disciples, only one remained, and that was John. The rest of them ran. Jesus was left alone on that cross. But you know what? When he arose in power, he began to again uh, tell the disciples what they were going to do, and the gospel began to be spread around the world. Thank God for Jesus Christ. Thank God for that bird that came and died for us birds. Thank God for the one whose blood was shed and spread all over us so that we can now have eternal life and walk in healing with God. See you tomorrow. You can order resources, become a partner, or browse free articles and podcasts by visiting our website at bobyandian.com. You can also join our mailing list and receive weekly devotions and the latest ministry updates. If you would like to contact Bob Yandian Ministries, visit bobyandian.com and click on Contact. To contact us by mail, use the address on your screen. Thank you for watching today's broadcast. We'll see you next time on Student of the Word with Bob Yandian.